church and how it connects with our lives and what we're supposed to be doing and what he's called us to do and who he's called us to be. And uh, I just can't wait to get into it today. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm just grateful for all the stuff that God's doing in my life. And I'm so grateful that, you know, God cares enough about me to bless me with things that I like. Isn't that fun? God cares about you. He'll bless you with things that you like. Like, I like ice cream. I like ice cream. I, I like it. Anybody else like ice cream? Like, who likes chocolate? That's your thing? Y'all just, how many of y'all are just simple, plain vanilla ice cream people? Yeah, there's a few of you in the house. I like to mix it up, man. Chocolate and chunks and all that. Yeah, how many of y'all have ever been to Cold Stone Creamery? That's like ice cream mecca to me. It's expensive, so I can't go there all the time, but I love going and getting ice cream. I just love it, especially when it's 8,000 degrees outside like it is right now. It is hot. It's funny because every time this year, everybody starts complaining about how hot it is, like it's the first time it's ever been hot in Georgia in August. It is so hot. It is amazing. I know. It's crazy. Every year, same time. Heat of summer. It's amazing how it just happens like clockwork. It's so hot. I hate it. I just... And it's funny. A lot of the people that complained about how hot it is were the people that were complaining about how cold it was in the winter. I hate the cold. I can't wait for it to get hot. I hate the heat. Bring on the fall, you know. But fall's getting close. It's getting close. It's going to be cooling off, and it needs to, man. I swear, I was outside watching a neighbor cutting grass out there, and he stayed outside too long, and he burst into flames, and his wife had to put him out with a water hose in the front yard. I'm kidding. That didn't happen. Uh, but it's just too daggum hot, so ice cream is great. Y'all are going to think I'm crazy when I say this. Maybe some of y'all will be with me on this, but one of the things I really like, especially right now, are like really old kung fu movies. I love old kung fu movies. I don't know what it is about it, but I'm a sucker for it. If I'm like flipping through the TV and there's a kung fu movie on, I'm going to watch it because the acting's horrible. The fight scenes are over the top. And, like, if you get a good old classic, like, you know how it works, man. The audio's never synced up with the, what they're saying, so they don't dub the words right. So you've got, like, oh, you know, also, I, I am here, and I will always avenge my master when you just honor him. I am here to avenge him. It, it never matches up. And so I don't even know if I did that good. I did my best. But I love kung fu movies. Another thing that I really like and I believe God cares about is that I like fishing. I love to go fishing. I just, that picture jacks me up because I can smell the water right now. I just, I love fishing. I love catching. I like saltwater fishing. Um, that's dangerous though because that's things you pull out of there can bite you and eat you, so you got to be careful with that. Um, but I like, I like catching catfish. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, I just love catching catfish, building a campfire, sitting on the bank, hanging out with friends and all that. I love bass fishing, too. Dude, there's just something about when you're out there working top water, and then that water just, just explodes around that lure, and that bass is and he just eats it, and you're like, ah, got you. And I love fishing, in case you can't tell. Y'all like fishing, some of y'all? Maybe we go fishing sometime and see if we can't reduce the fish population of the state of Georgia. I love that, though. Um, here's something that if you can't relate with fishing on, you can probably relate with pretty good. I, I'm at the age now where I really like naps. I like naps. 
I love just checking out and getting a nap anytime that I can, especially on Sunday. Man, aren't those Sunday after church naps like the best nap ever when you can sneak them in? You know, if you got little kids and you can't get it done, I get that. That's kind of my struggle right now because I've got a, a four-year-old who hates naps, and I don't understand that. That's just how, Why is it when you're little and you got no demands on life and you can nap all you want to, you don't want to nap? But when you get older like some of us in here, uh, you get older like us, it, you don't, you got all these demands on you, and all you want to do is take a nap, and you can't. I understand how that flips like that, but I love naps, and one day, I, I hope, hope today I can go home and pass out and look just like that dog for a little bit. It would just be great to be able to do that. I love naps. I love naps. I love naps. Here is something that I really like, and I talked about how hot it was earlier. I like the fall of the year. I like the fall of the year. The leaves start changing colors. The temperature stops starts dropping, and, and things start to become right with the world. It's my favorite time of the year. I love the fall of the year. You know, fish start to wake back up because it's so hot, you can't hardly catch anything right now because all the fish are like, man, it's too hot to go outside, and they just they don't want anything to do with it. Um, so camping in the fall is always fun. You can bust out the hoodies when the temperature stops. Where's my, where's my hoodie crowd? I love hoodies. I love putting on the hoodies and the campfires and s'mores and all that fun stuff. But my favorite thing about fall, and if you know me, you know where I'm going, because it kicks off next week. College football kicks off in the fall, and I'm so excited about that. Ah, oh, man. The world is right when college football is on. See, I heard, I heard Roll Tide. There's no cussing in church. Just got to say that. Got to watch out for that stuff. But I, I love these things. I, I really like those things. And, and while I like those things, there are things that I love, though, because there's a difference between liking and loving. Like, I love, I love my wife, and I love my children, and, uh, you know, I love, I love family, I love mom. You got to put mom in there. I love my mama very much. Now you know that, you know. I, I you got to put mom in there. I like I love mom. And you know, now that I think about it, I think I want to take naps off the like list and put them on the love list. I think how many of y'all think that's a good idea? We'll do maybe ice cream and nap, maybe football. You know what? I just love everything is what I'm going to say. I love all that stuff. Um, but one of the things that I'm just head over heels wholeheartedly in love with, all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength, I am head over heels in love with Jesus Christ. Amen. Head over heels in love with Jesus Christ. There is nothing in this world that compares to him. No, he's the one that saved me. He's the one that gave his life for me. He's the one that restored me. He healed my heart. He's the one that gave me a passion for life. He gave me a purpose, his calling on my life. You know, he's, he's the one that I see transform other people's lives. I am, I am in love with Jesus. And because I'm in love with Jesus, I'm also in love with his church. I love his church. And not just his church, I love this church. Guys, I love Eastgate Church. I love this church. I love you. I love the ministries of this church. I love the vision of this church. I love what God is calling us to do. I love this church. I love being at church. And there's a lot of different reasons why. I, love, I like being able to come here and worship God like we did this morning. Was that not awesome? I love being able to show up and worship God and just 
dive into the presence of God and thank Him for everything that He's done in my life and for what He's doing in my life because He's the only one that's worthy and I can just hit pause on everything and just dive into His presence. I love that. I love being able to worship God with you guys. Y'all were on it today. I felt some hunger in the house today when we were worshiping, and that's the way it ought to be every week. Amen? It's the way it ought to be. I love worshiping. I love to be able to come to church and hear the preaching of the Word. I love that. I love it. See, y'all, y'all should have helped me out and made me feel better about myself and said amen on that. That's, now i got to go back and wonder if I'm doing a good job. Let just, let's just take two on that. I love the preaching of the Word. So I love it. And not just when I'm bringing it. Not just when I'm bringing it. Yeah, y'all are hilarious this morning. This, this is how I know that, that we're in the same church together and God's put us together because y'all are punks just like I am sometimes. Um, <clears throat> not just when I'm preaching, though, but like, man, Pastor Brad can bring the word. Yeah. Pastor Jeremy can bring the word. You know, and we have other people that come in like Lance Ayers. Dude can drop some truth anytime he wants. Don't, and listen, don't be fooled. His wife, Shelly, can drop some knowledge on you in a heartbeat. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that can bring the word. And listen, I'll tell you somebody that flies undercover around here. My wife, Kelly, holy junk. Man, she could preach the paint off the walls when God drops something in her. I love the preaching of the Word because it challenges me to change. It challenges me to grow. It just fuels that fire. The Bible says that the Word of God is living and active. And when that living Word is preached and it gets inside of us, man, it does something, doesn't it? It does something. So I love the preaching of the Word. I like that I can be involved in church. I like that I can participate in church. I like that there's a place for my gifts, for my talents. There's a place for me to step into God's calling on my life and not just to jump in where I'm at right now, but to see those gifts and that, and that stuff be cultivated and grow as I get closer to God to be better at doing what he's called me to do. And I love that I can be involved. I love that I can participate. I love that, that I can give and I can see what I do financially for the kingdom of God making an immediate impact in the lives of people. Like what happened last week at Hype Night. Man, dozens of kids got their world rocked by Jesus Christ because this church believes and investing in the next generation. And because we've sown seeds, we were able to build a platform to reach the next generation. And our youth ministry put in the work, they put in the wrench time, and they had a huge harvest of impacted lives. I love that I can be a part of that. I love it. And I love smiling faces. I love showing up here and seeing smiling faces. Now, some of y'all, y'all got grumpy faces on right now. We need to fix that. Some of y'all are looking at me like, yeah, you forgot that you got bills to pay or something like that. Just don't go, no grumpy faces, happy faces in here. I love seeing people smile, though. I see, love seeing the joy of the Lord on people's faces. I love getting around you guys and talking shop and, and cutting up. I love the people of this church, you know. And, and speaking of smiling faces, I think... Dude, somebody that just radiates joy in this church to me when you see her, whether she's having a good day or a bad day. She's just, she's just got this voice that is joyful and cheerful, and this face that um, every time I see her is just radiating God's love and God's joy around here, and that's Rachel Brown. I'm just telling you. Rachel Brown is awesome. And we wanted to highlight some people through this series over the next, over you know, the course of this series, who are making an impact in this church for the kingdom of God, and Rachel's absolutely one of those people. She is all over the place. 
She's all over the place. She heads up the, the first impressions team here at the church, and which means that anything that has anything to do with making people feel welcome and loved, and like when they walk into here, they're walking into the sec, uh, second home. When you're here, you're family. Amen? That's why those connect cards in front of you say, Welcome home. We want you to feel at home here because we're all part of the body of Christ. And Rachel, um, she's tasked with the job of making sure that organizationally in the church, we get all that happening. And she's also over what I think might be one of the most important ministries in the church, and that's coffee on Sunday mornings. Can I get my coffee people to say amen this morning? I love coffee. I always say, you know, God created um, the heavens and the earth and us and all that stuff in six days. And on the seventh day, he took a break and he rested. But you know what he was doing when he rested? He's drinking a cup of coffee. I guarantee you. So Rachel's carrying that out. I can't prove that from Scripture, but I just think that my Jesus would be drinking coffee because I serve a coffee-drinking Jesus. I think a caffeinated Jesus is a more awesome Jesus. You know what I mean? So anyway, so she does a great job with that. I mean, Rachel is, is so smart, and, and she's so talented, and she's so gifted, and she does so much for the church, and she just pours her heart out here. And lady, we appreciate you and everything that you're doing, and not just you. Yeah, let's give God praise for that. And not just you, but, but everyone that captures that heart that's involved in ministry here. We've got a special group of people here at Eastgate Church. We really do, and it's just an honor to be able to serve with any of them. And listen, if you're, you're a person here that, that has a heart to make people feel welcome, has a heart to want to serve people, you have a heart that, that wants to go that extra mile, that extra step, so that when people come here, they feel like they're at home. Hey, maybe you've got a heart and a talent and a gift that could be used in the ministry that Rachel oversees, and maybe you need to connect with her and, uh, and say, hey, what can I do to help make that even more awesome in the church so that when people show up, they feel the love of God before the first note of worship is even played before the preaching's ever done, that they know that there's something different about us because of how we treat them when they get here. How awesome is that? So, lady, thank you again for everything that you're doing. I love, I love the people of the church. I love the smiling faces. And one of the things that I really like about the church is that Jesus established the church. He established the church. Um, if you got your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's dialing in on Peter here in this statement. He says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will build my church. Jesus established the church. And this is very important to remember here because there's a big difference between the church of God, the church that God has established, and religion and religious systems in the, or that are at work in the world because man created religion. Man created religion. Jesus established the church. Big difference. Religion is us working ourselves silly trying to earn our way into favor with God or a God of some, to, of some sort. The church was established to destroy all of that and establish a relationship with the one and only living God. And he said, listen, you guys, you, it's not about what you do or how you earn it. I'm going to give it to you through my grace. I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to establish this work called my church, and it's all on me. I'm paying the bill. 
I'm paying the price. I'm paying for the sin. I'm writing the check. I'm taking care of the bill. It's all on me. And because it's all on me, now I'm transferring that freedom to you to go and tell everyone else about what I've done. And that's the great mission of the church. I love that Jesus established the church. And he didn't just establish the church organizationally in the earth. This is what's cool to me is that he went a step further and he said that we are the church. We are the church. Not just a structure, not some kind of organization, but us individually, we make up the church. If you look in your Bibles, if you want to flip, or your tablets, or whatever you're using, to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 27. It reads, Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. We are all part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ being his church. Each and every one of us. We're a part of it. We are the church. Everybody say, I, I am the church. church. This is a radical concept, guys. What Jesus did when he established the church was radical. Because up until then, the only way you could encounter God was to be, go to God in a specific location or to a specific building or a structure. Old school, God would put his presence in the Ark of the Covenant, and the children of Israel would carry around the Ark of the Covenant, and the presence of God would go in the Ark of the Covenant. If you wanted to encounter God in his presence, you had to get close to the Ark of the Covenant. And then later that Ark was put in the temple in the Holy of Holies, and if you wanted to experience God, you had to go to the temple to experience the presence of God and be around God because God's presence was placed in a structure in a locality. And you had to go there. Well, what Jesus did is he jacked up that whole system. He jacked up that whole system. In the Holy of Holies, y'all, most of y'all know this, but there was this huge curtain or a veil that separated the Holy of Holies and the temple from the inner courts, and the inner courts were separated from that. You go to outer courts, to the inner courts, to the Holy of Holies. And nobody could go into the Holy of Holies to the raw presence of God. You could just get so close to the presence of God, separated by this veil in the temple. And Jesus, when he died, when he died, so awesome to me, he did away with all of the us going to God, us having to travel to work our way to God. He did away with all of that. The Bible says that when Jesus died, the veil in that temple was ripped from the top to the bottom, from God to us, because we couldn't get to him, so he came to us. He did the work. He paid the way. He paid the price, and he opened up his presence to all of us so that nothing would separate us. And here's what's cool. He didn't just separate destroy that separation between us and him so that we can have a relationship with him. He took that presence that would only reside in a temple or in the Ark of the Covenant. He took that presence. He took that spirit. He took that anointing, and then he put it in us. The Bible says that the spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living and active inside of you and inside of me today if we're children of God. The Bible says, don't you understand that you 
are a temple of the Holy Spirit. He said, listen, it's not going to be about people going to a structure anymore. It's not going to be about the church being a structure or a place in a location anymore. I'm putting my spirit in you, and you are going to become my church. And now my church, my power, my presence, my anointing, and my freedom can go out. Everywhere you go, the church goes. Everywhere you go, freedom goes. Everywhere you go, power goes because you are the church of the living God. Isn't that awesome? Oh, that's so awesome to me. So he says, you are the church. I've called you and I'm sending you out. That's, that's amazing that we go out with power at work. We're taking church to work. At school, we're taking church to school. In our fam- with our families, we're bringing church to our family. We, we, everywhere we go, it's the opportunity to see people's lives impacted and changed. We get this backwards sometimes, and we do the old school thing where people say, you know that thing you used to do with your hands? Everybody say, Here's the church. Y'all do this with me. It, if you're not too coordinated, this might be kind of difficult. But, you know, you do. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. And you open it up, and you see all the people. I got crooked fingers, so my people look jacked up right now. <laughs> they really do. But, but that's backwards, right? It's backwards. Like, it should be, here's the building that we gather in, and here's the temple or the steeple. And you open it up, and there's all the church. That's how it's supposed to be. And I know we call this building church because we're gathering here and all that stuff. I get it. But the gathering of the church only happens because the individual church shows up. Little C church gets together to make big C church. You know what I mean? And that's just so awesome. It's so awesome what God has done for us and what Jesus has paid the price to, to do in our lives. So he says, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you're taking the church with you. And this is incredibly important because God intends for the church to move forward. God intends for the church to move forward. Everywhere we go. He ain't called us to retreat. He's called us to move forward. Amen? Everybody say forward. forward. To move forward. Now, if you look in your Bibles... Look in your Bibles. To, to, we're going to go through a little romp of Scripture here for a little bit. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 19. We kind of we looked over this last week. I want to go back to it this week. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Everyone say go. Go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's an action word right there. He says, get up. And go. Don't just get saved and get comfortable and find a seat to plop down in the church and then soak up and never do anything. Get up and go. Take what I've done in your life and go forward and make an impact in this world. To go. Everybody say go. One more time. Say go. We're supposed to go and move forward. To move forward as a church. And Jesus reiterated this in the book of Acts. Um, If you want to turn to Acts chapter 1, looking at verse 8. What Jesus does here is amazing because he sets up a genius strategy just to reinforce the fact that the church is supposed to be a living, active movement that's covering the face of this earth. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And now check this out. He says, "Uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem was where the church was at the moment. 
This is where Jesus was talking to these people. He goes, listen, you're going to be my witnesses where you are right now. Listen, your greatest mission field is where you are right now. Your family is, is one of the most important mission fields you're ever going to have. Reaching your family. Work, mission field. People you encounter at the gas station, at Walmart. Lord knows people need some Jesus at Walmart. Holy cow. Good gravy. So, Walmart, um, everywhere, everywhere we go, locally, Jerusalem. And then he says, we're going to take this from Jerusalem, and we're going to move it out to Judea and to Samaria. Those are the cities that were outside of Jerusalem in the outer, in the outer. So, he says, move from Jerusalem to Judea and into Samaria, moving out, moving forward. And then he says, once we've done that, Let's move forward and go to the ends of the earth. Let's spread this thing out. Because I don't want to just be a local hit. I want to spread out to the region. I want everyone in the state to know what I've done in your lives. And while we're at it, let's just go ahead and turn this thing loose and let's book a world tour. Go ahead and get the venue set. And I want you to preach the greatness of what I've done to everyone that you come into contact with so that my glory and my power and my grace and my forgiveness can spread across this earth moving forward god has called the church to move forward everyone say forward now this is what's cool also is it he's called us to move forward but as i was reading and praying and preparing for this this caught my eye and this to me is just powerful if you got your bibles flip to matthew um, we're going to go to chapter 16 verse 18 again jesus just drop some truth here. He says, I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I, I get that the gates in, 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 uh, in Scripture, they, that it, it represents government and system and authority. So I get the authority of hell or the devil's authority will not overcome it. But I was thinking, you know what? I've never seen somebody in a great big battle outside of a city in any of these gladiator movies. I've never seen them get attacked by a gate. Like you don't see a gate hop off the hinges of a wall and just come through with a sword and chasing people. You don't see that, right? You might see it on Monty Python, but you're not going to see it in real life. And everybody's like, run away, run away, run away. You know, it, it's, but you don't see it in real life. Because gates are defensive structures. They're defensive structures. Gates are in place to keep an attacking army from getting access to what's in the city or the stronghold. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Jesus says, I want you to be an attacking force on the power of the enemy. And I'm going to establish my church... And the defensive structure of the enemy will not be able to stand against the attack of my church. That means the devil's not attacking us. That means that we're hitting him with everything that we've got with the power of God. That means that he's on the run. That means that we're on the offensive. That means that we're moving forward as the kingdom of God. That's awesome. So he hasn't just, he hasn't just said that we're the church. 
And he hasn't just equipped us to move forward. That's just awesome. He said, I want you to move forward and overcome. I've given you everything that you need. But there's something else that is powerful because the, 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 the church of God moves forward with his power the way that he intends it to when we all do what he's called us to do because we have a part in this. We have a part in this. All of us work together collectively as individual representatives of the church to become the corporate church body of Christ. We have a part in this. And if you look in your Bibles, again, or your tablets, Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 15, says, Instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined together and held by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Does its work. Now, if the body only grows and builds itself up as God enables, but it only happens as each part does its work, then that means that the work of each part is incredibly important. Are you hearing me? That means that you are incredibly important in the kingdom of God. Because every part of the body is important. I can't think of one part of my body that I would be okay with getting cut off. You know, I mean, can you? I just, sometimes you wonder if you don't need all your toes till your kid leaves a toy out and you kick it in the middle of the night and then it's hurting the next day and you realize how much you use that toe to walk. You know, it, I just, I guess, like, you, you wouldn't think that your pinky's incredibly important, but I don't know that I want to get rid of my pinky because how in the world could you drink a proper cup of tea <laughs> if you don't have a pinky? You know, and there's other stuff, too. I mean, pinkies are important, I guess. You can scratch your nose with your pinky. I, I, but I wouldn't want to lose it, you know. Every part of the body is important. Amen? We are all important, and we are all needed in order for the kingdom of God to be as effective as it's supposed to be. And it's not like the kingdom of God isn't going to move forward because God's word is going to be accomplished. But I wonder if we move forward as fast as he would like us to, covering as much ground as he would like us to. Because sometimes I wonder if some of us forget how important our part is to this thing called church. You know, it all, when we're all working together and we're all in our, working in our gifts and our callings and we find our place in ministry in the church and we're all contributing, it, it, it creates this, I mean, this great sequence of activity like what's happening inside of a motor. You've got, you've got gears and levers and pistons and, and levers. They're, they're, they're all moving and, and spark plugs are sparking and doing their thing and you've got, you've got fire and explosion that's happening inside of that, that engine and it's all moving in a sequence and in a timing. And in a rhythm, in a structure, and when it's all firing like it's supposed to be, that car runs smooth down the road like it's supposed to. But when something's off in the process or in the sequence, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You ever had your car jack up and not run like it was supposed to? You go to try to start it, and it's like, no, 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 no,
You know, it, it's aggravating when stuff doesn't work like it's supposed to. Man, you get skips and misfires, and your, your car doesn't perform the way it's supposed to, and your gas mileage goes down, and, and you pull up to a red light, and you wonder, okay, am I about to have to slap this thing in neutral and hit the gas, or is this thing going to run? You know, it, you wonder. And when things don't work right, it throws the system off. There's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm to the kingdom of God. There's a rhythm to the kingdom of God. There's a way that he's established it where we are us all firing in our gifts and our talents. Serving and doing and giving and, and stepping into who God has called us to be and doing what God has called us. There's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm. Everybody say rhythm. There's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm. And when the body of Christ starts moving the way it's supposed, there's a beat that just starts. Come on with me. There's a rhythm. See? There's a rhythm. There's a rhythm. I asked my friend Jeremy to come help me this morning. Jeremy, why don't you come on up? He's going to help us find a beat. Because, listen, as the church, we follow the beat of the Holy Spirit, right? So we've got what I think, who I think is probably the most awesome drummer of all time, the man, the legend himself, Jeremy, to help us this morning. Let's give Jeremy a hand as he helps us this morning. All right. So... Jeremy's going to throw out, y'all remember that, that old song from Queen, We Will Rock You? Yeah? You remember that? All right, Jeremy's going to throw out that beat, and I want everybody in here to follow that beat. Stomp, stomp, clap with him. Can we do that? Y'all going to wake up and do this? Yeah. Uh, hey, church is fun, right? Let's have some fun. So Jeremy, lead us, and when he gets the rhythm set, let's follow along. Okay. He's got to power back up. Boy, that'll preach. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of y'all aren't committing. I want to see commitment. Come on, let's get into it. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit starts leading. This church starts moving in rhythm. It begins to sound awesome, doesn't it? But we're not doing, we got to go the extra mile here. So while you're clapping, while he's playing, we got to go the extra mile and throw this in. Because I believe that God wants us to rock the devil. What do you think? That's what I think. So come on. We will, will rock you. Come on. See, y'all sound like a board church. Come on, let's try it again. We Now I heard a little bit of soul. We're going to try it one more time. One more time. Okay, that's good. That's good. Give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. All right. Now, some of you are like, I don't know what to do. I'm in church, and we're trying to clap with rhythm, and I don't have rhythm. Well, you, you kind of faked it good enough to fool everybody, except for me, because I saw some of y'all struggling real bad, even with, even with the beat. But listen, there's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm to it. But what the enemy wants to do, the enemy wants to mess up the rhythm. Okay? The enemy wants to mess up the rhythm of the church. He wants to mess up the rhythm. So what we're going to do is this. Now Jeremy's not going to be the Holy Spirit anymore. Now Jeremy's going to be the devil. Beelzebub himself. So he got little horns. Okay. So he is the devil. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to keep the beat that we had before. But Jeremy's going to play over the top of us and he's going to play a different beat. 
He's going to play a lot of different beats, and he's going to try to knock us off rhythm. And we're going to see if we can keep the beat while he's playing over the top of us. Do you want to do this? This is going to be tough because some of y'all were struggling while he was keeping us in time. So here we go. Are y'all ready? Game face on. Everybody do a big stretch. Big stretch. All right, here we go. All right, so I'll, I'll start us off. Are you ready? There we go. Yeah. it is to keep beat with distraction hitting you like that. That's what the devil does every day in our lives to try to break up the rhythm of the church. Give Jeremy a hand for helping us out. That was awesome, dude. And so what he does is the enemy likes to work with distraction, and distraction will lead to division every time. He tries to break up that rhythm. Breaks up that rhythm. And so he'll throw all kinds of stuff. He'll throw pressure from work. He'll throw jacked up stuff happening in relationships. He'll throw friction in ministry and personality conflicts and things like that to try to break up the rhythm of what's happening in a church. And, and he'll, try, he'll try to throw in some family problems and conflict to try to throw off the rhythm. And he'll get you working long hours and overcommitted and exhausted. And he'll get you in a rut where ministry, you begin to lose that passion for ministry. And it just becomes something that that you're doing because you're supposed to do it because you've forgotten the why behind the what that you're doing because it's about seeing lives impacted and changed and transformed by the presence of God and you have a part to play in that by using your gifts and your talents. You are the only one, the only one that can do what God has called you to do in the church. You hear me? You're the only one that's gifted and talented and anointed by God to do what only he has called you to do. Nobody else can step into that. Only you. And when we allow ourselves to get taken off rhythm, then there's a gap in the flow of the church. And the church is probably still going to move forward. And the church is still going to be effective. And the church is still going to knock down the gates of hell. We are going to overcome that. But I wonder if there's lives that are going untouched. If there's souls that are going unsaved, if, if there's families that are going unreached and unhealed and hearts that can't be touched by the presence of God because there's gaps. And while we might be reaching, our reach isn't complete because we've got people that are off rhythm and it's throwing off the overall effectiveness of the church because the enemy likes to cause distractions to disrupt the rhythm. He wants to disrupt the rhythm. And here's some questions to ask yourself if you're wondering. I, I, I'm wondering if maybe I'm, I'm distracted. Here's some good things to ask yourself just to know. Okay, number one is this. Right. Is there consistency in your walk with God? Because it all starts there. Everything you're ever going to do in life is going to flow out of your relationship with God. So is there consistency in your relationship with God? Or are you finding yourself in a place where you're almost going from Sunday to Sunday? 
and not spending time in prayer, not spending time in his word, not spending time letting him speak to you through his presence. Because if, if you're finding yourself having trouble with consistency in your walk with God, there's some distraction that's going on. Because this whole thing hinges on our relationship with Jesus. The church was founded on that relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the reason why we do everything that we do. It's the only way we can do the stuff that we do. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can't do anything. You know? So it all hinges on that. Here's another question to ask yourself. All right. If maybe you've got consistency in your walk with God, but um, is there consistency in your church attendance? Okay? Is there consistency in your church attendance? These are legitimate questions to ask yourself. And probably, if there's not consistency in your walk with God, there's not going to be consistency in your church attendance. But maybe there is consistency in your walk with God, but you're finding yourself getting distracted by pressures of life and work commitments and other commitments, and it's keeping you out of church. Um, and, and, and it causes a problem because it breaks up the rhythm of what's happening in a church. If you're going to be part of the body of Christ, it helps to be able to be part of the body of Christ, don't you think? This is a common sense way to look at it. Well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Probably not, but if you want to be connected to the body of Christ to be everything that God has called you to be and be obedient to His will and His call in your life, you're going to have to get connected to the church. And quit pulling that Lone Ranger bull crap and quit deceiving yourself and letting the enemy lie to you. Okay? Because God operates and moves through His church. Through his church, not some lone ranger trying to blaze a trail, hiding the fact that you're hurt and you don't forgive people, or that you feel like you got burned in ministry. All right, let's get rid of that selfishness. You got to be connected to the. Was that too hard? That's pretty good preaching right there. I think. I just, so, you got to get past that. You gotta, Hebrews chapter ten says, "Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as some are in the habit of doing." It's important because when we're here together. We get the vision and the mission. We come together. And then once we got that and God's speaking to us. And look, there's accountability too in being in church regular, man. It keeps you straight, doesn't it? Man, there's encouragement in being in church regular too. Because you can go through a bad week and come through the doors of this church and see Rachel Brown go, Welcome to Eastgate. We love you. And, and it's just this awesome. She's got this awesome voice that she speaks with. And then you got the guys high-fiving you and people giving you hugs. We, we build each other up. It's important. To be in church. So is there consistency in your church attendance? If it's not, then I'd circle that and say maybe there's some distraction that might be going on. Um, and here's another one is, am I doing my part? Am I doing my part? And sometimes people are really good with the first one. And we're praying and, and we're connected with God. And sometimes people are, are pretty good with the second one and we're attending church. And, and I understand sometimes work schedules jack you up and you just can't be at church. I'm not harping. I'm just pointing out possible points for us to grow and, and make sure that we're moving forward into becoming who God wants us to be. Um, but a lot of times people struggle with stepping up and making sure that we're doing our part. That's where the gaps usually are in churches. Because they, they say, you know, these people that throw out the numbers, they say that about 80% of the work that's going to be done in any given church or really any organization is going to be done by about 20% of the people. It shouldn't be that way in the kingdom of God. And I thank God that here at this church, and not just this church, a lot of other churches, but I thank God, especially at this church, we have a high 
a high, a high involvement rate with people that come to this church. We are involved and connected and doing our part. But I do know this, that there's probably some of us in here that God's been speaking to to step up and do their part that hasn't yet. And so it's a problem is when, we, when we're distracted in these areas, it throws the church off rhythm, and that's where division comes in. Because if you're not busy doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's easy to get distracted so that you focus on the stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Right? This is where gossip comes in. This is where slander comes in. This is where factions and divisions and, and stupid little immature fights flare up in ministries across the church. And, and instead of being in unity, moving forward with what God's called us to do, we're laying in bed, burning in anger about something that somebody said or somebody did. And it may have been a legitimate gripe or not, but that dominating our thought process in our life. See, that's jacked up, and it's only there because we're not focused on God, because if we were focused on Jesus, then we'd be reminded of the work that he did for us on the cross. And that heart that recognizes that forgiveness and that grace that was shown to us that we don't deserve transfers to those people that we want to get sideways with. And we realize, you know what, I got to forgive just like I was forgiven. You know, so it, it causes division when you're distracted. And what I don't want is for this church to be off rhythm. You hear me? I want us to be in rhythm with what God has called us to do as he's calling us to do it. Each of us individually doing our part because we are the church. And the church is most effective when each part is doing what it's been called to do. Amen? Amen? That's good stuff right there. We should praise God for that.